Hi, you're listening to episode 54 of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chipper, and we are recording on Sunday, January 17th, 2021. <laughs> <laughs> That's I how I feel right now. Year. It's a fake year. Yes. I agree. I agree. Time has no meaning. It's a fake year. But we have a fun episode, I think, today. Yes, we have a very fun episode. Um, but first, of course, as usual, we'll start off with some news, but not what is happening in the real world news. The because news that you care about. You, you don't need to come to this pop, a pop, pop culture podcast to hear about the world because it's <laughs> terrible and we try to keep things fun so we use this as an escape okay yes. so in the in, in what is a very delightful and happy note for me i saw yesterday or day before time is fake mm-hmm. uh ted lasso season two has gone into production and if you missed the first season of ted lasso on apple tv it is i think my favorite show 2020 it was it's so wholesome and so funny and so sweet and just Shows that you can do really smart, fun comedy in a nice way and a thoughtful way and without having to punch down. It's so good. It's just, it will just make you feel so, so good while you're watching it. I haven't watched it, but it feels to me the way people are starting to talk about the show and the buzz and the like, the way it's kind of was very quiet at the beginning. It feels a lot like Schitt's Creek. Yes. Yes. Like in terms of just the way people talk about it, the way people love it, et cetera, et cetera. So... Yeah, My guess is if you loved Schitt's Creek, this is a show you'll probably really enjoy. Yeah, the comedy is very different in terms of um, what is actually on screen, I think, but the feeling you get. The wholesome. Like, because, like, I mean, yeah. I've, I'm, I'm, I still haven't finished Schitt's Creek. I'm in season two, but I've heard it's a very different show by season four than it is mm-hmm. at the beginning of the show. It's a very, they are both like very wholesome and, and respect their characters and respect the storylines in a really wonderful way. Um, so yeah, like that's a very apt comparison, I think. Uh, it's, it's just, it'll just like, it's like a, it's like a covering yourself in a warm blanket and sipping like hot chocolate. That's what watching Ted Lasso feels like. That's what we all need right now. <laughs> um, and then Netflix had like a huge movie drop we're doing like a new movie every week this year and you can't i mean it's so much yeah it's it's really long but we there are some there, there we'll link to the the little clip they did which kind of highlighted a few of them um in the show notes but there were some that we kind of pulled out as ones we're particularly excited about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i'm really excited about thunder force which is apparently a superhero movie starring octavia spencer and melissa mccarthy like yes and then there's, like, I mean, I don't know, the, just, I don't, I can't comment specifically on the, um, like, the full list, but the stuff that they showed us in that trailer was very, seemed very diverse. Mm-hmm. Like, there were a lot of uh, people of color, there were a lot of, and that was really com- comforting. For example, the, the Harder They Fall is a black western with Regina King, Idris Elba, Jonathan Majors, Lakeith Stanfeld, and um, Zazie Beats. Zazie Beats. Zazie Beats. That's this is when you discover that you've only seen a word on Twitter <laughs> and in articles and have never actually heard it out loud. Okay. It does though. It looks I I it looks awesome. Like they they released like a quick clip and there've been like um stills from the production release and just like come on that cast. I it just 
It sounds amazing. They're also mm-hmm. doing a movie called Monster, which is based on the book by Walter Dean Meyer, an absolute icon of um, young adult literature. You know, writing books for kids that people were not thinking of when they were publishing back, you know, two, three decades ago. Uh, and then The White Tiger, which is starring Rajkumar Rao, Priyanka Chopra, Ardarsh Gaurav, and it's based on the book by Arvind Adiga. And it's just... I've already been hearing really, really good things about this movie from, you know, people who have been able to see it already. Uh, and I am I love Rajkumar Rao. Like, Rajkumar Rao has been a staple of Bollywood cinema for over a decade, I think. Maybe about a decade. Yeah. And he's always so good in everything he shows up in and is not afraid to make interesting choices in terms of what projects he accepts. And let's see. And then there's a, I don't really know what to make of uh, this Don't Look Up movie with Leo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio. It's Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> and then I think there's another movie, I don't remember the name, uh, with uh, The Rock and um, oh, yeah. Gal Gadot. Um, and I'm excited. Like, I don't know. It's just, it looks in a, like we are... We are hurting for new content right now, and so the idea of, like, a new movie every week to talk about um, is really exciting. And, like, something where it's, like, they clearly have, like, a vast, like, uh, there's a lot of different genres, there's a lot of different age levels, there's a lot of different, like, actors and and people Mm -hmm. coming to the screen. It just, it feels like there really is going to be something for everyone, Mm -hmm. which... You know, we're coming into a year now where we've spent a year with studios not knowing how to handle content release because of what's happening in the world. Yep. And so we're going to I think we're going to see a lot more experimentation this year. Which like, not who knows what's going to happen with HBO Max and Warner Brothers stuff. And like, it's just it's going to be an interesting year for it how is. people decide to release. Things, it is. I and think. I think I think it's worth talking about, too, when we can talk about it more, maybe later. Um, but it, there's a very different experience. Like, for example, the Wonder Woman 84 um, reaction, which we're not going to get into the specifics, but um, there was a lot of criticism of critics really in, like, tweeting out that it was, who saw early copies tweeting it out was great, and then the general reception was lukewarm later. And um, for good, and there's some reasons, there's some, some representation issues, stuff like that. So I'm not criticizing that stuff. And I know like the people who screened it, most of them were not people of color. But I think there's something to say like about when you watch something in kind of like when, even when you watch it in a theater and you, or when you watch it um, at home two weeks before anyone's seen it, for example, your reaction is very different than when you're watching it with a bunch of people and then you immediately are discussing it after. Like, it is. Yeah. Like, it is. It's a different reaction. I'm not saying it's a better or worse. But, like, and I think that's, I think taking that into account and in the, like, social media chatter is going to be, that's going to be an interesting facet of the new way we're releasing movies because um, I'm not sure... Like, I'm not sure if that's going to, if, I I don't know, I genuinely don't know if there's more criticism if we all watch it as a collective experience, experience for the first time as kind of a collective experience versus, and that's not a bad thing necessarily. It's just, it's an interesting, it's an interesting problem to have, I guess. It is, and it's, and with Wonder Woman, especially, because I can, I feel like Wonder Woman, the first, the, the movie that, you know, came out, I think so much of it 
the part of the reason people had such a positive react initial reaction to it is because it was like an immense feeling mm-hmm. sitting in that theater with people watching the first major superhero movie yeah. of the last you know decade or whatever fronted by a woman was it was so much of it was an emotional reaction because it was like i can't believe i'm sitting in this room right now with all these people seeing this and then it's did the and i think i don't think it's controversial at this point to say that first movie wasn't an objectively spectacular movie no it's not a good like watch it no i don't it's not a movie i rewatch i think the i think it has some really nice moments i think there are some Mm -hmm. really nice things about it but overall um, I did think it got dragged dragged down by the larger DC universe um, stuff, but so I wonder, like, if this reception of the second movie would it have been different? Would it have been saying has some of the luster worn off? Like, so it, it is, and I think it's interesting to, and that's not to say again that criticism is good, and you know, wanting things to be better than they are is good, especially when it comes to representation and issues like that. But I do think it's interesting. When we have nothing to discuss because there's no new media coming out and everybody pounces on one movie, yep. it becomes a lot. Yes. And I agree the discourse around this, like, there's a reason, Preeti and I, but we plan to watch it and then talk about it. And there's a reason neither of us, so I don't think I've even watched You haven't watched I it. Have, I haven't watched it. I haven't it watched it either, <laughs> just because, like, I can't. After all that, like, after all that, I'm just like, I don't really want to watch it. I feel it. like I need, like, months of yep. distance mm-hmm. from everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely do want to see it. But just like, yeah, I need some distance from the discourse. Oh, the discourse. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, and then in other news, there was some really cool Star Wars video game news um, yeah. out last week. Which is basically that Star Wars is ending their exclusivity agreement with EA. That's not to say EA won't be making Star Wars games anymore, but other studios will be as well. And so there's like an Indiana Jones uh, game that that's in the works. There's like an open world Star Wars game that's, that's in the works. That's the one I'm excited that's about. That's the one I'm really excited about because that's kind of what I have wanted and what I like wished kind of the Old Republic was. But because it's an MMORPG just doesn't satisfy that kind of mm-hmm. single player like experience itch so i'm really excited about this um i'm more news on this unfolding i'm sure these games won't be out for a couple of years at least um but everything so far I know. it's exciting so it's exciting it's exciting i feel it like is. we're finally <laughs> getting heard as gamers that we want more diverse experiences more single player experiences um like five years ago it felt like everything was moving toward multiplayer and that was really frustrating because I was like you know I don't play multiplayer and I don't want to play multiplayer and so um I feel like we're kind of centering again and that's good that's nice it's it's someone asked me recently if I would ever do like twitch streaming online and I was like no Video gaming is a personal experience. I yep. do not need other people seeing how terrible I am at these games that I do enjoy playing. Mm-hmm. And so I want more of this, like, I can just put on a game and not have to engage with anyone else. Part of it is I think you and I both feel that so much of what we do professionally is online engagement. Yes. Um, I need a part of my life that isn't. Mm-hmm. And video games is that for me. Because, like... I don't know, even, like, when I'm, like, watching TV and stuff, it is, it's really easy to just, like, pull up your laptop or grab your phone and start tweeting. 
Mm-hmm. But for me, video games, when I'm playing a video game, besides, like, scaring, sharing a screenshot or two, like, I am doing my, like, it is, like, a, I'm doing my thing and I am not engaging with the outside world. And um, I think for a lot of people, it's the opposite. Because if your job is not very online, gaming's a way to connect. But for, I think, you and me both, we connect enough. <laughs> we don't need... <laughs> I I mostly also I'm like just don't I don't want people to see how bad I am. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Same. so bad at it. I'm so bad. <laughs> like we're, a friend of mine is playing Witcher three now, which is like my favorite game I played last year. Uh, also Final Fantasy, but like he's playing it right now, and he's like, "How do I do this?" I'm like, "I don't know. I button mashed my way through that game." Yep. <laughs> like, I, I yep. do not have those skills. Yeah, my husband's playing Control right now, which um, he was like, how do you solve this puzzle? And I was like, I don't know, Google it. Like, I don't remember. I played this like five months ago. Like, you think I figured it out on my own? I try for like, I am a huge fan of trying for like a good five minutes and giving it like a genuine go and then just being like, eh, nope, fuck it. Google. <laughs> this is too hard. I'm yeah. not doing it. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. Okay. All right, so we've got, we are today um, going to be talking about WandaVision yes. with Jeff this weekend, episodes one and two, um, and it is the first new MCU thing we've gotten since Far From Spider-Man. Home? Yeah. Yeah. Since Far From Home, which was so God. long ago. <sighs> we didn't have anything in fall 2019, you're right. Jeez. Yeah, no. My goodness. Yeah, so we this is our first dip back into the MCU and it is delightful. Yep. Yep. Okay, so it is um very let's start off with initial um reactions and then I think we'll just go ahead and dive straight into the spoiler. So, what did you think? I I really loved it. So the last time we saw um Vision and Scarlet Witch was Avengers and game i just i am literally just rewatched these movies last week why am Wait. i blanking on this um no it was she killed him in uh in, in at the end of infinity war and he did yeah. not reappear in end game yeah vision does not come back in end game yes yeah. scarlet witch does yes because she has that big moment on the yeah um, she i think is snapped though she is one of the snaps yeah she so. gets snapped and comes back for the um mm-hmm. the big fight at the end of end game yeah um, so that's the last time we saw scarlet witch and the last time we see vision is when thanos kills him mm-hmm. um and so i you know we've been hearing for a long time about wandavision and and how weird it's going to be and how quirky and um kind of a kind of the initial like artwork made me think of Tom King's vision series. Yes, which same. Very, very and good. And the premise, as far as what we knew about the premise. Mm-hmm, which is like... Them living I, in a, trying to fit in in a suburban life. Right, in in some era in the past, maybe. But my initial reaction is that I really, really, really loved these first two episodes, but I'm also a huge, huge classic sitcom fan. Like, the Dick Van Dyke show is one of my favorite shows. Um, so my reaction was um, not the complete opposite. I did actually really, I like what they were doing. Um, okay, I think we're going to go ahead and just get, I'm going to go ahead and put a spoiler mark on here because it's hard to talk about my reaction without getting into it. So yeah. um, spoiler warning, and then here we go. So 
my view is I really like what they're doing overall. And I think I'm going to look back at this, the show as a whole and absolutely love it. Like, I think I really like that they have this idea. I really like that they're committing to it. My specific issue is that I don't have a lot of nostalgia about black and white sitcoms. I, mm-hmm. um, I didn't watch them as a kid. Like, my childhood was basically consumed by Star Trek. So, like, like literally, I didn't want, like, I, I mean, I was aware of these shows. Like, I knew Nick at Night existed, and I would, like, tune in. But it just never, that type of show never clicked for me. Mm-hmm. So, I watched the first episode and was just like, uh, I don't know if this is for me. That I, But there was enough of, in it that I really liked about, like, kind of just, like, small hints like, and we can go into more of those in detail later. And then the second episode, which was kind of a bewitched style, yeah. I think. Well, I was like, okay, so they're changing it up. It's not the same sitcom every week. And then I looked into it, and apparently they're going to move. I didn't realize this at the beginning, but they're going to move through sitcom era. So, like, next it's going to be, like, kind of, like, family ties. And then after that, like, you know, and I'm like, okay, that I think will the more modern ones that I watched will appeal a little more and um so yeah like it's kind of a one of the things that those the first episode the second episode I think was um a little more interesting in terms of the larger story but I don't with all that said I think a slow burn with the Marvel Universe you and I have said on this podcast before many times like the Marvel Universe needs to start exploring with genre because every single thing they do is the same genre and They're doing it, and they're doing a slow burn story, which is not a normal Marvel thing. And I think, like, that in and of itself should just be rewarded. Like, they are trying something new, and they're trying something different. And even if it's not 100% for me, I think by the end it'll be for me. Right now, Mm -hmm. it's not. But even if it's not for me, I think it's amazing that they're doing it. And so I'm really glad to, like, stick with it just because I'm so glad they're doing something different. And they've got this idea, and they are just going for it. They are fully committed. Yeah, it's really, I think they did uh, something really interesting in that they're not, they're not making fun of sitcoms. They're not making, they're not, they're not, it's not satirical, really. It's not parodying it. It's, they're, they're literally putting these characters in a classic sitcom. That first episode is so immensely dick van dyke like i know people keep bringing up i love lucy and there is there is some i love luciness to it but everything about it was dick van dyke like the setup of the living room and the kitchen like the uh vision's job and bringing his like boss and his wife who was played by the excellent deborah joe rupp who i love so much um to their home for dinner the like miss the the miscommunications between husband and wife like, everything about it, you had Catherine Hahn as Agnes showing up in that very, like, Millie kind of role, where where it's, everyone's so good at placing their role, but also being just, like, a little off-center, mm-hmm. so you know something very weird is going on. Like, yeah. Catherine Hahn in particular, in that role as the neighbor Agnes, is, like, walking the line perfectly of, does she know more than she's letting on and does she recognize that she's playing a role right now because it very much feels like it like Mm -hmm. like it's just unsettling enough to to work really really well like they no one is overplaying their hand yeah and I think there I think we we, there's a lot to say about the fact that they are in okay so the fact that they're in sitcoms it's a lot so 
we don't know what's going on. We don't know the premise, but I think a thing that we can assume slash speculate on is that Wanda is making all this happen. Like her, she has the power, like her powers, whether we've seen them in the most, more of it with this type of stuff we've seen in the comics through like House of M and stuff like that. But when she responds, when she, she has tragedy, she responds by like kind of creating this like, you know, like bubble universe, you like know. safe space. Yeah. For her to like process and heal and do all that stuff. So like, I'm not saying this is all happening in Wanda's head because I think it's actually happening, but sh- it's a space that she has created for herself. But there's a lot of hints that like she doesn't even know what's going on necessarily because like the like trying to figure out what the anniversary is trying to figure out what their story is trying to figure out like that's genuine confusion on, i read that as genuine confusion yes, on her part like she doesn't know she doesn't she knows she's protecting herself and that becomes clear in the second episode and we'll talk about that but like she doesn't quite know what's going on but the fact that she is creating this this her whatever safe space she's creating it's these sitcoms because what she craves is a normal, like, what that tells me is what she craves is just this normal life that she's seen on TV. Mm-hmm. And we've... And she's never had of- a normal life. Right. And we've seen, even in um, Captain America Civil War, I was like, which Captain America movie was it? Civil War, there's that mo- there's that moment where she's, like, sitting on her bed watching TV in her room. Like, I feel like there are these, like, small hints to get us to where she is now mm-hmm. in... WandaVision and it is made explicit by the end of the second episode that she has far more control than maybe we thought she had initially. This is not because the like the whole like Wanda who's doing this to you plants the seed that maybe somebody is like maybe somebody else is in control and that's quite possible. It's quite possible Wanda's being manipulated into this but she does have control over her environment. Yeah, which is very, very, like, there. that I thought was, like, a stellar moment at the end of the second episode when the man in the beekeeping outfit comes out of the sewer and Wanda says, no. Yeah. And then it rewinds back to the moment of, you know... Um, with her envision. Oh, the, yes, with, yes. What, um, did the beekeeper, what, did that have any, like, did that signify anything to you? I don't remember, like, t- clearly I think they're taking pieces of Vision by Tom King, but yep. also of Wanda's backstory with Genosha and, mm-hmm. like, all those things and and um, how the character in the comics, Agnes, and the rest of her teammates contributed to her because she was too dangerous and putting her in this, like, kind of safe what they call safe area and taking away her agency and making her think she was pregnant and, and mm-hmm. all these things. And like all these pieces are coming in to influence the story. It feels like I don't remember a beekeeper from anything. Yeah. So I and don't. Know. Yeah. And, um, you know, they've done a good job too, generally with a lot of this stuff, taking elements from the comics, but telling their own story, like taking mm-hmm. pieces. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I, I'm, it's just, I, I, I love, I love the way they're, I do really love the way they're doing it. Um, the, this is the kind of storytelling I really love. Like, where, like, you get the, like, hints and pieces. The Rebels did this really well. Star Wars yes. Rebels, you and I talk yes. about this all the time. Um, how you just get hints and pieces of what the larger story, the Force lore, what's going on in the universe, and you and I would spend, like, an hour dissecting, like, five minutes of, you know, in a in a twenty three minute episode, the force lore would get three minutes, and 
you spend hours <laughs> dissecting those three minutes. And like, that's, I think that's really effective storytelling because I don't think, I think the MCU is not very good about telling stories in the background. Right. The I foreground agree. story is the story. And I think they're experimenting with it and they're trying to do something different. And I really like that. Um, what the helicopter, the, and it was Iron Man colors, right? Yeah, I mean, clearly the the color red has huge significance yep. in the, the yes, series. Like yes. We're we're seeing that, um, whatever that might mean for yeah. costumes and and for because the Infinity Stone and Vision's forehead was yellow, yellow. and he was right. red. Yeah. yeah. Um, and clearly, like there is something about this color that is and Scarlet, Luka, yeah, Scarlet and, Witch, yeah, of course, and so. It's anything off kilter, it feels like, right now. It is in color. Becomes in color, though, by the end of the second episode, everything's in color. But I, if you think about, like, one thing I really liked was the the use of, like, the in-universe commercial. Mm -hmm, The the Hydra commercial. Thing. Um, Yeah, the Hydra commercial. In the first one, it's that toaster, the Stark toaster. Yeah. And the red light is beeping, and you're like, it's a bomb. And then the second one, of course, is the watch with the Hydra insignia on it. I just feel like the red and and all of this just lends itself to this, like, very simmering anxiety that laces through both episodes and Mm -hmm. I think will lace through the entire series of, like, you're never really going to forget what you're watching as much as they might want you to. Yeah. And as much as whoever is pulling the strings wants Wanda to, like we saw the red of the blood and, and all of that, like and after the moments, the helicopter, the, uh, the, the really disconcerting dinner scene when he's like choking Ooh. and they're just watching him. And finally she says, you know, vision help him. And it's like, was vision unable to help him before she told like, what, what's right. the deal there? Was he unable? Like, is he, I don't know. What's the deal? I don't, and of course, like the the first episode ends with somebody watching the screen of the sitcom, and mm-hmm. we don't know what that is. And yeah, like, it's it's based on what. Well, so the the post credit sequence of Far From Home sets up Sword, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which um, we see has kind of gone beyond what shield used to be yeah it's like a universe but it's not just earth it's not just earth it's in space is wanda on one of these ships yeah and i read somewhere that the voice saying you know wanda um who's doing this to you is randall park (gasps) who we saw in ant-man as an fbi agent and now supposedly i didn't get this like i don't i don't know where this connection comes now so it's been rumored that he is going to go work for sword which okay. supports your sword supports the like sword theory that sword is doing this to her maybe or maybe sword is looking for her or maybe he doesn't work for sword or you know and is looking for her and sword has her like well yeah there's I a mean, lot of possibilities not feel like something nick fury would do <laughs> Right, we've seen that like they have those weird escape pods on Sword, <laughs> where he's like sitting in the beach scene, but really he's on a spaceship. So it's it could I mean it could there's a lot of anyone. like for your own good. I know what's best for you type paternalistic shitty thinking within the yep. MCU as we've seen again and again. Yep. So yeah, I I, I wouldn't. 
put it past, you know, the quote unquote good guys to be doing this, but it doesn't feel to me that way. I don't know. We can draw a line from Tony Stark thinking that putting, like signing the Accords, part of it was based on what went down, right? Yeah. And Wanda's participation in that. Yeah. Because she's, quote, too powerful for her own good and keeping mm-hmm. her locked up. We've seen the MCU try to lock her up before. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's too far of a stretch to say that they didn't learn their lesson. That I don't, or I do agree. <laughs> and also, I don't, we don't know Wanda's mental state after uh, Endgame. Because she came through, she had the fight with Thanos. Um, and then we don't no really you know we see her talking to hawkeye at the end of mm-hmm. right um at tony's funeral um and that's but we don't know we don't know what like she, she murdered the man she loved to save everyone and then it did absolutely nothing because thanos just rewound time and then murder you know it, like yeah just, like that's there's there's gonna be some trauma there like is all i'm yep. saying and we don't know what form that takes with her. And we've seen in the comics and we've seen to a certain extent on screen that trauma is, I'm not saying it's a good thing that they would lock her up for her own good at all, but um, it's more, we just don't know. We have no idea what state she's in. We don't know, but we, another possible clue is the introduction of Tayana Paris, Mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. is playing, Geraldine, but also, as we know, thanks to press, Monica Rambeau. Yes. And so what is Monica Rambeau's connection to everything that's happening? And if you don't know who Monica Rambeau is in Captain Marvel, um, uh, in the movie Captain Marvel, uh, she's the daughter. Mm Mm-hmm. So who would be, you know, about that age at this point in the MCU? Uh, Yeah, so we, we don't really... Like, if, if Monica Rambeau followed in her mother's footsteps and, and joined up and, and, you know, she knew Nick Fury as a kid, like, I think it lends it's not Yeah, it's not a stretch to be, like, she probably were She could work for S.W.O.R.D. She could work for S.W.O.R.D. Um, I'm also very curious about the reveal at the end of the second season of making Wanda pregnant. Like, mm-hmm. is she going to have the twins? Yeah. Right? Like, Which is are a comic story. See- are we going to see Billy? Are we, are we going to see, like, it's, it's, it's exciting on that front. Although hopefully they will kind of take a left turn and not necessarily follow that storyline exactly. Cause it's very sad. Um, but it's also like how much of the, as far as we know in the real world, vision is gone. Mm-hmm. This is like, as far as we know, all of this is how much of what, she's experiencing because Wanda has the power to make like we know from the comics Wanda has the power to just like if she wants something she can will it into existence basically yes so if she wants vision back it is quite possible she can bring back vision it's she can bring back the infinity stones she can create like she has bring back quicksilver yeah I mean but it is true like she does like (laughs) and it's rumored that he's actually going to be uh start like i've saw some rumors that he might be I in lose my mind i yeah. am i will never be over it i have been mad for like eight years <laughs> i i like yeah like there's so there are rumors silver 
Um, but like, so she has the power to do all of this. So like, what is going to be like, it's also like, not only what are, what is happening, but how much of this is reflected in the real world around her? And what are the consequences of all this going to be? Because if she is being kind of forced into this situation against her will in a manner of speaking, there is going to be some consequences when she realizes what's happening. Yeah. And there's just so many open questions. There like are a I know, lot. We know from the press that Kat Dennings is going to show up as Darcy mm-hmm, Lewis mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, at some point, and so we know that we know that we're going to be getting more hints of the outside world. And my question is: Are these people that Wanda has met along the way, and she's mm-hmm. bringing them into her? thing or is this like a thing with what you said with uh, Catherine Hahn's character I can't remember her name now who may like Catherine Hahn was the only one I got the unsettling experience unsettling feeling that she knew more than she was than she was letting on the rest of them seem to just be playing their part including Geraldine and so like is Wanda creating them or are they being inserted into this situation like yeah there's so many questions I think it's really good though I think it's It's really just generally, like, good, like, it's nice to have a lot of, it's nice to have something that has a lot of questions, like, I don't know. Right, that you can have a conversation like this about, because I am dying to know, like, what's coming next, Mm -hmm. you know, we had it, we have it a little, like, it's not the same, but having the Mandalorian happen once a week was so nice, because you were just speculating, and you kind Mm -hmm. of got that, like, water cooler talk again, and so it's, it's fun to go back to that, like, experience of week by week discussion and guessing and and all of those things and this show is going to influence like way more than not because we have this and we know that this show leads directly into the doctor strange movie right like we know that this show which makes you like like and we know also that the subtitle of the doctor strange movie is like the multiverse of madness or something like that yeah I think that's what it is. So, so the what, what okay. is exactly? So, what is this? Is this an entry into the multi? Like, what's? We don't ah. have. Yeah, we don't have quite enough to speculate about that yet. But there, I feel like that's been in the back of my mind. Yeah, I think we definitely cannot forget that the multiverse is like sitting there waiting for us. Yes. <laughs> but right now, my head might explode if we have to start talking about is this a multiverse? Because <laughs> like I just, I, we just don't have enough information yet. Man, I'm dying to know where this show is going to go. Like, So, I, do we know about the release schedule? Because we got I, two episodes this week. Is it just week by week after this? I think it's going to be week by okay. week. Um, and I think there are nine episodes total. Okay. So it's not that long. Yeah. Uh, there will probably, my guess is maybe there will be a break at some point. But I don't know because there's, Disney Plus is a very aggressive schedule this year for Marvel Yeah, because stuff. doesn't like, Falcon think- and Winter Soldier start in mid-March? Like, Falcon and Winter Soldier is coming. Loki is coming later in the year. Yeah, like, so they have a really aggressive schedule. My guess is there's no breaks. Because there's no break in The Mandalorian, right? No, there wasn't. I really appreciate these kind of limited short seasons they do. Like, I don't need 23 episodes. I'm very happy with 8 to 9. I am. I'm. This is the only way. I, honestly, the only way I can keep up right now is because these are limited, relatively self-contained stories. Mhm. Yeah. Man, is there what I feel like like not a ton happened, but still somehow so much happened like the I like the that it feels like the people who are noticing that something is off outside of Wanda 
and Vision, not even Vision really, actually. Vision sort of does, but Wanda much more so, are Geraldine and then the woman who runs the Homeowners Association or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, The two of them, clearly there's like something percolating. I will, I do want to point out that the funniest line in the entire first two episodes is by the guy who sort of looks like a sad David Schwimmer. He was like one of the like men from the like villa the neighborhood watch or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He goes, That was my grandmother's piano. Oh yes. So I laughed so hard, yeah. Because yeah. it is it's also like very funny, I yeah. think, in the in they the They actually try to make techniques. it a sitcom. Yeah. Like it's genuinely a sitcom. When Paul Bettany came up as like kind of the drunk version of Vision because he had gum stuck in his gears, I was like, This is incredible. There's like it it brought to mind absolutely like Dick Van Dyke slapstick. Yeah. Like I just thought it was very, very funny and very well done. But then taking that and making Wanda like having to fix things with her magic and like the slight uncomfortable like moment where the audience is like, what is that real magic? Mm-hmm. Like all of it paired so well together. It, just, it was just, I felt like they just did a really good job. Um, and then uh, can we talk about, I don't know what they did, but Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany have really nice chemistry. Yeah. Well, she's older now, which I think helps. Yeah. And um, I think they've written both their characters as less. They're a little, both a little wooden in the way they're written in mm-hmm. Infinity War, especially just, I think, because he more than her, uh, but because of, you know, this is, these are not forums for great character development because they're these giant ensemble movies. So you get like four seconds. Yes, you get four seconds. But like, they, I mean, like they had no chemistry in those movies and now their chemistry is really sweet. And it's funny because I feel like part of it is if we are seeing this through Wanda's perspective, like, of course, this is the kind of chemistry she and Vision would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they would be this wonderful couple in love and adoring and every time he calls her my darling or like whatever it is, it, it feels very natural. It feels very comfortable and lived in mm-hmm. because they're supposed to feel lived and in, that's, right? That's in, a good point. Is it is it the actors and the writing or is it meta? Is it meta? Because in in uh, Infinity War and all of those pieces, we don't have, we didn't get to see that backstory. Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. a little bit of it in civil war but yeah. it's mostly uncomfortable because of the power dynamics mm-hmm. like it's like you're yes. her jailer like yeah. why are you this is very awkward and yeah. we don't like it and then they um, get like five seconds in infinity war before he gets like stabbed yeah so, like, so and like it's, yeah so here's the first time we're getting to see actual development on screen of just the two of them specifically meant to be romantic written with that intention yeah versus we need them to be romantic in this split second scene for plot development later yeah yeah and that's what we've that's 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 and that ties ties right back into like the mcu is or not the it's not good at telling stories in the background yes it, yeah. it will tell it, it will tell a story in the it will tell a story that is necessarily for the necessary for the plot, but it will not give you more any more than it has to. And mm-hmm. it will tell you rather than show you. Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. And so, so I'm it's... excited we're kind of not necessarily moving away from that, because I think this will still be very movie centered, but as we um telling the telling some of these other stories is gonna be 
it's giving it the space it needs. It's giving it the time and the space it needs to breathe in a way that it hasn't gotten in the films. And I think that can only benefit the characters. Yeah, I agree. I just, I just wonder who this vision is. Is because he like real? You said, like, I right, mean, I, he's real to her, but like, is he, are there going to be, can she, I guess she can, like, will she like bring him back? Like, I don't, I don't know. This isn't the vision that we knew in the movies, though. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a different, it's a different character, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More well-adjusted, more self-aware. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. More interested. They're filling in roles. Fit, more interested in fitting in. The vision in the... Yeah. It was not, to me, very interested in fitting in. Yep. From the movies. Except, Here's... you know, he did, we did see him in his, um, you know, Paul Bettany suit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, in like Infinity War, but that was probably war because, like, you know, he was needed to be in disguise. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's it, it does feel very much that he is filling a role that she thinks he should be filling. Yeah, and I am just really, really curious. I have so many questions. Like, I was going to be like, my main question is, but my main question list is like 10,000 like words long. <laughs> but like, who is doing this? Why are they doing this? Who is in control here? Like, is it one of those things where this is just... Like, uh, the one thing that has been posited, and I don't think this is what's going on, but it is quite possible it is, is that it's just Wanda processing her own grief. And I think that's part of it. But yes. I think there are outside forces that are influencing this. Mm-hmm. And so, um... I think the who's doing this to you, Wanda, is very clearly, like, someone something, is doing something. Yeah, something is, someone is doing something. We don't know what that thing is, though. Is it somebody who is just manipulating her into using her own powers? Is it someone who, like, I don't We don't know. There's a lot of questions. Yeah. It's good, though. I'm excited to see what's next. Um, I know. Me too. It's funny because... And the more I sit with it, the more I like it. I think my initial... Because I was texting Preeti during this, and I was like, "Uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But I think the longer I've sat with it, the more I appreciate what they're doing. Um, um, Yeah, I really appreciate what, what they're doing with the storytelling. And just like, I mean, honestly, like, they just... They have this concept, and they are just going all in. They're like, I don't care what people... Like, I don't care what people think. This is going to be weird. And, like, it's just really funny to see, um, like, these, like, very mainstream outlets that only, like, cover blockbuster movies, like, covering this, like, little, like, weird, like, quirky, you know, sitcom-y, like, romance. Mm-hmm. It's sweet. Like... It is. It's really nice. It's... It's just, like you said, something different that inspires a lot of questioning, yeah. which is great. I do very quickly want to shout out, like, the set director and the production people and the design people and the costume people because so good. All of that is excellent. It's perfect. It is, like, absolutely perfect. Like, this, the change. I was not ready for the change between episode one and two mm-hmm. and shifting from Dick Van Dyke to Bewitched in that way. Uh, but I loved it. I was like, this is because I did grow up on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I watched Nick at Night. I watched all these sitcoms. I really loved them. Um, 
And it was, it just like brought me back to that, like immediately, like putting, taking Wanda from that like housewife dress in the first episode to pants in the second episode and mentioning that notion that she's coming to the, the, um, women's meeting and pants was just, I thought like a really great reference to Mm -hmm. what that was, because that was a big deal when Mary Tyler Moore, moved from dresses to pants in the Dick Van Dyke show. Like it's absurd, but it was, yeah. I just, I thought it, I just feel like they really did their homework and it's so cool. Yep. I agree. I agree completely. <sighs> more to come. Yeah, I feel like we're going to, gonna, we'll probably do, I would guess after two to three episodes, depending on what, um, what it, the pace and what unfolds, we will do another. I mean, if it's nine episodes, yeah, if we do two to three, then we need two to three, and then the finale or yeah, something like that's, that. Yeah, that, that was my thought. We'll do probably yeah, yeah, do, yeah. like, beginning of February and then after the finale. Mm-hmm. That's good. And, and then we'll be back for yeah. Falcon in the Winter Soldier. Yes, that, that might be what we'll do <laughs> weekly. We'll see what happens there. Uh, that's, I know, I'm so excited. I know, we'll see. Um, but let's see. Okay, right. what are we into and what are we doing? You go first. Okay, so what I'm doing is, um, well, most of you know by now, um, I'm co-editing an anthology called Swordstone Table. <laughs> Preeti is one of our lovely contributors, and I'm co-editing it with um, Jen Northington, one of our good friends. And um, it's coming out from Vintage Books in July. I believe it's July 13th. And um, just wanted to throw it out there. We're you know, we're working hard on it and I've gotten a lot of questions about pre-order links and when is it going to go on pre-order and we are um, just, we're waiting until we have a cover uh, to kind of promote pre-order links. So you didn't hear this from me, but if you go onto your favorite book website and type <laughs> in Swordstone Table, there may be something waiting for you is all I'm saying. Um, pre-order links are actually live. We're just not, we're just waiting. We want to do kind of a concentrated campaign. Um once we have the cover, which should hopefully be in the next couple of weeks. So you can, if you want to pre-order, we very much appreciate it. Um, it really helps in terms of, um, it helps in a lot of ways, like to tell more stories like this um, and stuff like that if people pre-order. Um, and it'll help your local bookstore if you're shopping at uh, Bookshop.org, I have confirmed that it the link, that they have the link. And then you, so if you don't have a local bookstore, you um you use a bookshop.org is a great resource as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my, um, I made my debut as a columnist at Wired this yeah! week. Woo! So I'm writing a column called Casual Gamer and it is basically, it's just, um, it's a very, I don't know, personal column, I guess. Like it's, it's a lot about what I'm doing and what I'm thinking and what I'm, uh, playing more than like, you know, how to play a game or how, but I'm hoping people who liked the one at sci-fi will like this one as well. They are very, they are very different from each other, but kind of the same mentality. And of course I'm writing them both. So, um, or I was writing that one and I am writing this one now. Um, but anyways, um, the first column was out. It was on the game Bug Snacks, which I really enjoyed. Um, so I hope you'll check it out. We'll have a link in the show notes. And then as far as what I'm into, I'm playing the game Sackboy on the PS5, which is like a platformer. And platformers are usually not my thing because you can't level difficulty usually. And it's they're hard a lot of the time. But I've been playing this one. I've played like three levels and I haven't died. 
which is like <laughs> huge and it's a lot of fun super cute you can buy weird outfits for sack boy which is and then dress him up and send him out into the world and it's super <laughs> cute um so i'm really enjoying that and then i am reading um so one of my things in I, my reading completely fell off in 2020 and it's just been really hard to pick up a book. So my new thing for this year is to just read 10 minutes a day. That's it. Like just pick up a book, read 10 minutes a day. And if I want to read longer, that's great. But if I don't, I only have to read 10 minutes. Um, and that's been working well. The, you know, I started a few days ago and it's been working well so far. So I'm reading um, Unravel the Dusk by Elizabeth Lim, which is the second book in a series. It starts with Spin the Dawn and it's basically like Project Runway, but with magic. <laughs> Like, oh my it's a, God. like yeah, it's like a it's a it's YA. It's a it's like a competition. Actually, you would love this book. Like I don't know why I haven't recommended it. Amazing. To you. Yeah, it's like so this there's this Taylor Maya Tamarin and she wants to compete in a competition to um be the king's tailor, but it's only open to men, so she has to like go in disguise and there's all this magic and stuff and so win the competition and she like makes these like fabulous outfits and like it's I, I really I loved the first book, so I'm reading the second one now and it's a perfect book to read in like small increments. So anyway, great book. That sounds so good. It is. Oh. Um, all right, what am I doing? We did a cover reveal for Avengers Assembly number two over on Marvel last week yes before i think it was like monday right last week it was in a year yeah anyways i'm like again full circle time is fake um we did a cover reveal and there are pre-order links available it's called the sinister substitute and it's about squirrel girl this time around um of course jen who is co-editing sword sword stone table with Sapna, uh, she and I have a Wheel of Time podcast, and we just started The Great Hunt, which is book two in the series. So if you haven't caught up yet, you have time. We're not very far into the series. And that episode for the first part of book two drops on Wednesday this week. Um, I think that's all I'm really doing doing. So other than that, it's a lot of writing things that I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Yeah. Um, as far as what I'm into... I just started Dickinson season two on Apple TV and it's, it's so good. Yeah. It's such like that's, a weird it's so little weird. show. Yeah. I really like it. Yeah. Right. It's like strange and off putting, but also very entertaining and very smart and thoughtful. Like Apple is doing some really interesting stuff between Ted Lasso, Dickinson um, and mythic quest, which I also very, very much enjoyed. I'm, really sad when my free trial ends. I think they extended them again. Did they? I think for um, Apple TV Plus, um, yeah, I read, I don't know, I read an article on an Engadget came through my feed that said they were extending them again. And so I think... I will look into that. I hope they do because I have a lot of stuff on Apple TV Plus I want to watch. I know. And my trial is up in March, I think. I have it on my, like, calendar to cancel mm-hmm, when it mm-hmm. stops, so yeah. we'll see. I need um, to do some, like, streaming service, like, shuffling. Up. <laughs> yeah. I know. I mean, it, like, some of the stuff is, like, I paid for the year or whatever. It was, like, I like Disney Plus, I think yeah. we both did the, like, deal. Three-year, like, deal that you could basically get a year free. Is That's what I did. Yeah, mine was three years and I paid for two, I think. Yeah. So I'm good on that front. Um, and then like, whatever it is, there are too many. Like, I'm so angry that streaming has just turned into cable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ugh, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a conversation for another day. Yes. 
Um, I watched One Night in Miami yesterday, Regina okay, King's yeah. directorial mm-hmm. debut. It's incredible. Okay, okay. Like, it's the performances are so good. It's a beautiful film. It's like, and it's what I really loved is I, I think it's so relevant to how we talk about movements, you know, because there is this sort of conversation that the film has within the context of it of how do you best participate in an active movement Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know whether you're you know boycotting or or standing up and stepping up or you're infiltrating from within or whatever it is it was it's so good just please watch it it's like an incredible film and I hope everybody gets nominated because they should like every single person involved with that movie should absolutely get nominated for for performance for the look of it for the direction all of it it's amazing um, and then book-wise, I'm listening to The Chronicles of Prydain by Lloyd Alexander, which I've never read. I didn't mm, read it. When yeah, I, I haven't read that either. It's like The Black Cauldron and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. those books. And they're they're just like really sweet little middle-grade fantasies. I'm on the third book now. I, I remember the Disney movie. I, didn't, I don't remember it well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it's like one of those movies that they cite as like a disaster and a, yeah. a bad decision on Disney's part. Um, I don't think there's a lot of overlap between the book and the film, mm-hmm. but the the audiobook has been quite quite enjoyable. I must mm-hmm. say, like the narrator's really good. It is from it's like an old one, so they've got the like flip tape, you know. Oh yeah, but <laughs> but it's still really it's really fun. Um, it's been just a really nice way to like I like press play in the mornings when I'm getting ready, and so I like listen to it while I'm like making my bed and like brushing my teeth. That's really nice. Like I have an audiobook. I'm still listening to the Christopher Paolini like audio mm-hmm. book. I've got like 5 hours left. I'm close. I'm getting there. But like it's one <laughs> of those it requires some sort of like mental engagement and I feel like I need an audiobook that I can kind of like zone in and you know like tune in and tune out and still follow what's going on because I'm not listening to it as much as I'd like because I'm like it takes too much mental effort so it's hard to do in the background. Yeah, these, I feel like I've found that if I've read the book before, I can listen to basically anything. If mm-hmm. I've not read the book before, like middle grade seems to be working really yeah. nicely because not that hard to follow the yeah. book. <laughs> yeah. For me, I found like essay collections work really well. Ooh, yeah, because it's limited and mm-hmm. yeah. specific. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the last thing, I signed up for TikTok. Oh, Lord. first of all everyone on that app is like so talented it's incredibly daunting I've not made a video I don't know if I will like ever make a video Mm -hmm. because you scroll like it's absurd how addicting this app is I have never seen anything like it it is wild like I understand everything I understand all of you I get it but I still am like scrolling through this. I did it because of the sea, the sea shanty TikTok that came out. I was like, I want more of this. And now I'm just like watching videos of people making like resin, like uh, like uh, resin art, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. like I watched this guy make a Kirby rug like in an hour, and I was like, How are you people like? How just yeah? How I've I heard mean, the I, art like the tick like the art talk and the like that yeah. T- uh, people yeah art talk I think is what's called is like incredible they're so good I found one of this woman who goes out and cleans graves like headstones mm-hmm. in cemeteries 
I watch like 30 of her videos. It's just this lady who just goes to cemeteries and cleans random headstones. And it's so cathartic and satisfying. And it's obviously something to be said for like who has access to be able to be these people and, mm -hmm. and how like this is kind of democratizing who gets to be known for being very talented. It's mm -hmm. interesting on that front, like all those like musicals that came out of it and and just people being very like good at what they do, which is one of my favorite things. Like that's the only kind of reality TV I watch, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, are you really good at a really random weird skill set? I will watch an hour of you doing that. 100%. And I think I think we're on the cusp of the like TikTok star book deals, the um for sure. The like, you know, like TV show deals, like the stuff like that because it is a whole huge new source of talent and so it'll be interesting to see what comes out of it. Yeah, and and in such small chunks, it's not YouTube where you have to watch like a 20-minute video of a YouTuber. It's 15 to 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just really interesting. And yeah, that's how I am spending my time. Yes. Um, okay, so we are part of the Hard Knock Life Podcast Network. You can find all the po podcasts in the Hard Knock Media family at hardknockmedia.com. This week, we want to shout out the middle geeks. But by the way, Hard Knock, I've, I'm reading this and I'm realizing NOC, like nerds of color, Hard Knock Life, not like knock, like sound. Like Did knock. you just... I just, I mean, I didn't, I, I've made the connection before, but I've never, <laughs> we're not really good about putting things in the show notes. And I'm realizing if we've just, if people have just heard us saying this. We should say NOC, you are right. Yes. Like we are part of the hard, N like nerds of color, hard knock. Oh like, okay. God. Sorry. Okay. Just realize that. Um, okay. So hard NOC media.com. We, this week, we want to shout out the Middle Geeks, whose episode on Wonder Woman 84 is a must-listen. And find it, you can find a ton of podcasts across a huge variety of topics, all hosted by and created by people of color. And Preeti's, like, laughing so hard. She's fanning herself right now. I'm so sorry. I, like, cannot believe it's been, like, two freaking years. I know, and I'm just like, maybe we should make this clearer, because we actually do want you all to go, like, listen to these podcasts, because they're really good, and Keith <laughs> Chow, who runs Nerds of Color, has, like, curated an amazing, like, like, he's really good, and he's curated an amazing, like, set of podcasts, but wow. God. If you ever wonder if we're bad at promo, we're bad at promo. We're real bad at it. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, thank you to our Patreon <laughs> supporters. Thank you to Meredith, Ronnie, and Maya at the $12 level. And Amber, Sam, Patrick, Jordan, Ani, Brandy, Shelly, Claire, Brian, Robert, Sylvia, Chris, the Knott family, Priya, and Creative Grey at the $5 level. We really appreciate it. Um, if you want to become a Patreon supporter, you can go to patreon.com slash theyseegeekgirls. Mm -hmm. You can find us on Twitter at TheySeeGeekGirls. I'm at S. Krishna. And I am at Run With Skizzers. And until next time, we'll see you in hell. hell!